You are listening to Australia's tax news podcast, Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 11 of Tax Talks. This is Heide Robson. With transfer balance accounts and the cap for these accounts now in place, the ATO needs to administer all this. And for that purpose and other reasons, the ATO is introducing a so-called events-based reporting regime, which causes a lot of concerns in the industry. I'm talking to Chloe Ward, Associate Director of Intello on the Gold Coast. You might remember Chloe from Episode 2. Intello administers over 3,000 super funds with over 3 billion in assets. That's a lot. Given the sheer size of their client base, they already put a lot of thought and work into getting ready for events-based reporting. So perfect to ask for advice. Here's Chloe. So events-based reporting was born from the super reform that came out in which we uh, now have the transfer balance account. And it was also probably a catalyst from previous measures that they tried to put in place to track what was actually happening with self-managed super funds. It was a hell of a lot easier seeing what was happening with members and trustees or members predominantly in the retail and industry sector and also with APRA funds. But the SMSF space um, was a little bit trickier to, to look at and it was to be only reported once a year in most cases unless you, you know, needed a BAS or IAS. Uh, in that instance, you, you know, you could vary it and you weren't really getting any, any proper information about what was happening with the fund. Uh, this was also born about with excess contributions and uh, the ATO only finding out about these excess contribution breaches you know, months after the year has ended and sometimes years after the event actually occurred. And then they're having to go back and issue fines and making people non-compliant. And they really wanted to uh, streamline the process. I don't know how this is going to affect absolutely every business because there are a lot of businesses out there that aren't ready for reporting of that nature. You know, the ATO for a long time have said voluntary disclosure of any breaches and things like that. That sort of system has been in place for a little while now. And the excess concessional, non-concessional program in making sure that people are made compliant or, or rectify the situation. So definitely the notion of the T-bar maybe wasn't in its full force before super reform, but it was definitely part of the reform and saying, well, how do we actually measure these things that we're putting in place? How do we make sure that all these new rules are, you know, people are staying on top of them? And also that, you know, these transfer balance accounts aren't being breached with our clients knowing what was going on either and then having issues down the track. So now that we have the T-bar in place, it will make sure that all administrators, accountants are reporting on that quarterly basis for their clients against the transfer balance cap, TBC or TBA um, transfer balance account to, to ensure everybody is meeting the requirements and also being able to track the movement of pension accounts. Is it through Parliament now? 
It actually has, and it actually started on the 1st of October. We have the ability to report in line with it, although it doesn't fully come into force until the 1st of July next year, there is the ability to, to start the reporting now. So the ATO have released uh, for us to do that. You can either do that via the ATO portal on your tax agent in bulk. You can do them singularly, or you can do them via paper. So the ability to report is there now. The type of transactions that are going to be needing to be reported on the commencement of pensions, the commutations, both full and partial commutations, sums against the account as well. If we have a change in reversionary, so if there's a reversionary clause and, and the amounts are moving from one spouse to the other, then we'll have to report on that. Any structured settlements will have to be reported on. Any ATO payments back and forth, if there's anything, which are very rare. But if it does affect that account, then we would have to report on that as well. I think the ATO originally came out and said that, you know, the majority of people were only, you know, the majority of people would, would only have to report once in their lifetime. We don't think that that's the case. We've had a look through our database and the type of transactions that are happening uh, through last year. And we would suggest that it's probably a majority of our funds would have to have reporting more than once. So a bit of a flip and a contradiction to what the ATO are actually announcing. It's basically every time the uh, transfer balance account, the TBA, either receives a debit or a credit, that has to be reported. So does the ATO then actually track those debits and credits? So they basically have a database where they can see the current balance. Absolutely. Yeah, they should be able to, what they want to do is be able to report on that account or have visibility on that account at all times. And although we're, move, we're, we're at quarterly reporting is, is what they're putting out there at the moment, they've said by 2020 they want to move to monthly reporting. Mm -hmm. So all these events will have to be reported on 28 days at the moment after the quarter. I don't know what the monthly reporting will look like, whether that's 28 days or, or a shorter period of time. Time will tell on that one. The initial consultation with industry from the ATO was putting out there 28 days after the quarter for some events and 10 days or 14 days after the month end for other events, so like LLBA repayments and so forth. And industry have come back and have said, you know, rightly so, look, that's too complicated. Let's keep everything in line with the current reporting that we do for GST and make it 28 days after the month end. ATO have come back and have said, yes, we acknowledge that. The actual timeframes haven't been set as yet, but we're likely to see them be set at 28 days. Uh, and then their, their additional commentary to that was that they would then move to monthly reporting by 2020. I see. So that's, that's where I think we will land and where it will be finalised with the timeframes. I think that's what we thought would be best as an industry standard and from a business standpoint and how we actually service our clients and making sure that they are reporting on time, having different dates would just be a logistical nightmare. And also from the ATO's perspective. So yeah, keeping things streamlined if we have to have this in place, I think was a sensible move. I completely agree. Are the option one and option two still on the table? No, I th that's what they're 
no, that's what they're trying to get rid of is that we have uh, we don't have different options. It is just one option and it is the 28 days after the quarter end to report on all the things that are necessary to report on with the transfer balance account. So that doesn't include TRIS because it is not deemed a retirement income stream for tax purposes. And it only affects an exempt TRIS. Correct. Correct. I think they'll move everything to the quarterly basis 28 days after and then there'll be an announcement that come a certain date that everything will move to monthly and we will most likely see that 10 business day option come onto the table Okay. Um, with the monthly. I'd say they'd want to report on it sooner rather than later, rather than pushing it out 28 days. Mm. So I think that's where we'll go. But again, we never sort of know until they finalise it because yes. they, they say one thing and then, and then it can be changed again. So I think what they'll do is that they'll, they'll see how the next year or two plays out with the T-bar and the 28-day quarterly reporting and then make their judgment call from there and probably go back to industry at that point too and get our sort of thoughts on the process and uh, to view the challenges that we're having. Well, I'd, I'd hope they would anyway. Yes, I hope so too. How will you and how will the industry uh, cope with this? Do you think the um, the cloud, do you think they will help because we can immediately see what's happening in the accounts? We can we can see large amounts coming in or out or do, do you think that won't make a difference? No, absolutely. Technology is the key in all of this and using the appropriate software, doing accounting via an Excel spreadsheet or a piece of software that doesn't allow for data feeds or real-time information to be pushed through is going to really inhibit a business's ability to service their clients. We, From from our perspective and our practice, we thought about this not so much from the ATO reporting standpoint, but just being able to give advisors and accountants up-to-date information so that they can better offer value to their clients. And so we took on doing daily and monthly reporting a long time ago. So the impact for our business is definitely not dramatic as it will be for some others. So the annual and arrears accounting method is is going to die. That that's <laughs> that there's no two ways about it. You yes. if you have a retirement client and most practices are going to have those types of clients, especially if they've got an SMSF you are not going to be able to service your clients by doing it annual in arrears or without software that allows you to have real-time information. It just won't be possible. Yeah, and I think that's the key word, real-time information. It's impossible to feed real-time information to the ATO. It's impossible to advise what to do regarding this reporting if we can't see the real-time information. Correct. I, I think it sort of forced the hand of accountants to look at what they're doing to, one, obviously meet from a compliance standpoint the needs of their clients because there will be late penalty fees applied to these. So, you know, a client is going to turn around and say, well, why didn't you lodge on time for me? And it, we actually could see a lot of practices being fined or having to pay these fines on behalf of their clients if they're not up to speed. For us, we see it as a massive opportunity to to better help our advisors and accountants that we work with. So, you know, obviously there's still things that we have to put in place to make sure that we're doing the right reports at the right time. 
Um, but it is a, a big shake-up for our industry, and, and I've said this, that I think if we thought the super reform was a really big deal, that the ATO events-based reporting would be even bigger. And it, it's going to change the fundamental way that accounting is done and the way in which clients are serviced and communicated with. Hmm. Have you ever had clients that they basically just started a pension without telling you because, you know, on a practical level, they can just go to the bank account and start paying themselves. And then you saw you saw the cash withdrawals through the real-time information you receive. I think you're on class. Um, and yes. then so then you called them up and said, what are you doing? Are you starting a pension? And kind of caught, you know. Predominantly, we work with advisors and accountants that use our personal guilt advisor portal, which allows you to sort of do those sorts of forms. So those clients are taken care of. There's very rarely an issue with those. With our direct trustee uh, relationships that we have on the other side of our business with Superfund Partners, yes, there has been the case where because they're not under advice and they are self-directed and, you know, well-educated, know that they're within their rights to, to take money out, there has been the occasion that we have seen a transaction come through, and this is why daily and monthly reconciliation of accounts is crucial, is that we're able to pick up these things in a real-time manner to make sure that, you know, one, from an accounting perspective, we can keep all the accounts up to date. That's always been true of, of how we process uh, work. Uh, but now it comes down to being able to uh, process the accounts and report on time and get a get a better understanding of what the client's actually doing. And um, And look, it's another touch point as well in talking with a trustee to see what they're doing, what their goals are, if they've started a pension, you know, what are they looking to achieve? So, yes, we have had that situation happen before where we've yeah. had to call and ask about a transaction. Yes. Just looking at the uh, the the events that need to be reported and, and going by the rule of thumb that anything that affects the TBA has to be reported. When a member starts commencing a pension by starting to withdraw cash obviously mm -hmm. we can see that through real-time information but for example when a tris when a tris is converted to an exempt tris and hence Correct. hitting the tba we wouldn't be able to see that um and when a fund member commutes a pension and retirement phase back to accumulation phase we wouldn't be able to see that necessarily either would we No, you wouldn't be able to see that, and that's where the the role of the advisor comes into play on a crucial matter, um, that if that is what's happening, then they can let us know straight away that if that's or if that's part of their long-term strategy, you know, we, we can see what's going on with that. But it is, it's, it's very reliant upon either the advisor, the accountant or the trustee being able to tell us what's going on with those non-cash transactions. So it's not just all on the practitioner to lodge according to what the cash movement is, um, but it's actually having those deeper conversations to understand what is the actual strategy around these pensions at the moment and what are we doing yes, uh, and yes. then reporting from there. changing processes to be more on top of what happens with respect to non-cash transactions like commuting a pension. So we probably need to 
change engagement letters, for example, to put the onus a little bit back onto the client, making it clear that you can't comply with your reporting requirements if you don't tell us what's happening. So you also need to be proactive. Absolutely. And I think where an advisor is not involved in the relationship, then absolutely it's crucial that 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 is happening and that the trustee understands their responsibility to the members to, you know, most cases it's one and the same, but making sure that they are communicating what they want to have happen. And it's just pretty much pushing it instead of making those decisions at the end of the year based on a best tax outcome. We're making those decisions in real time now to be able to meet the reporting standards. So we've got to be very sure of, of what the goal is, what the strategy is, and whether that's with an advisor or without. Everybody needs to be across it and the practitioner or the accountant needs to be as well. Yeah. Is the software you use already ready for for TBAR? So can you already do TBAR reporting at the Absolutely. click of the button? Oh, really? Ah. Yes, we can. With that, I mean, events-based reporting is here, whether we like it or not. You know, trustees, advisors other accountants, we, we all have to deal with it and we need to understand what the requirements are. Um, and it may seem onerous, but I also think it's an opportunity uh, to better engage with our clients, to have a deeper understanding of what the strategy is and also, you know, being able to put processes in place to meet those requirements from the ATO. And in some cases, that will be a major shake-up for businesses in the way that they actually do that work. And they may not be able to do it all in-house anymore. They may need to partner with somebody else who, who can take that, take care of that. Or they may have to implement technology which allows them to do that as well. So there's a few different options, but the change is here and we all need to be on top of it. Welcome back. On the 9th of November 2017, so exactly one day after I spoke to Chloe, the ATO finalized its position on events-based reporting. The new deadline for all events-based reporting is 28 days after quarter end, just as Chloe had predicted. Another thing, which I hadn't seen coming at all, is that the ATO introduced a $1 million threshold. So with that, Events-based reporting will only apply to members in retirement phase who have superannuation assets of 1 million or more. In the next episode, so episode 12, Andrew Fricot and Enkadar of Revenue New South Wales will walk us through the contractor provisions for New South Wales payroll tax. Until then, thank you for listening. Bye for now and see you in the next episode.